0: Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold.
1: If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. Back with me today, Dan Galinsky and Amadou So from King James
2: Gospel. Welcome back, guys. Excited to be here for another podcast again. Um, the last two that we did were fun, so I'm ready to get a third one in.
3: Yeah, happy, happy to uh, always be out with you guys.
2: A
0: name that has been in the uh, Cavaliers news cycle the past few days, Tristan Thompson. Each day it seems more and more likely, it seems like a more real possibility that he could re-sign with the Cavs, so that's who we're going to talk about today. The Cavaliers are kind of in an interesting spot with him. They do have his bird rights, and they also have a full mid-level exception to play with in free agency this year. It's unlikely that they're going to use both. Doing so would put him over the luxury tax line, assuming that the luxury tax line is what we think it will be around. We obviously don't know what that number is going to be yet. But um, we'll start with you, Dan. How, How do you like Thompson's fit on this team, on this current roster, assuming that Drummond is here and... We'll just say, you know, that, that Wade and Bell are in the fold. How do you like his fit on this roster currently?
3: Well, he's a guy that you know what he brings, uh, especially, I mean, in that backup five role. If you can get him back um, a little bit over the mid-level, which, I mean, based on reports from Fedor and, and Kelsey Russo, people like that, uh, it seems like he's a guy that you know what he's going to bring. Um, from a, an intangible standpoint, really heady defender, really hard roller gets, you know the offensive rebounding rates are, are going to be up, high up there, and uh, one of the better screeners in the league. So, if they brought him back on a on a one year deal, our, our Mason KJG's Mason Cole kind of highlighted from a leadership standpoint. It, it's it's kind of a no brainer if that's what you're going for. I I, I can understand that entirely if you don't draft a big. I feel like that's kind of implied if if he does come back. But I'd be a fan of him back on a one-year deal. I I don't think there's anything that's feasible other than that. But um, if he wasn't back, then you you roll with the punches and just kind of figure it out from there. But um, if they brought him back, I I couldn't blame him for it.
0: Amidou, your thoughts on Tristan Thompson's fit?
2: Um. Well, a re-signing with Tristan Thompson would give the Cavs 48 minutes of solid big man play. So I think that's a factor. Of course, he brings the leadership. He's familiar with the team. Last year, or plenty of years before, he's had a bench role and he's had success there. Um, but as Dan has touched on, I I think a one-year deal is probably what I give him too, considering everything that's going on right now in the NBA. Um, but yeah, I'd be on board for a one-year deal. Anything over that, I'd probably just let him walk, honestly, and just start a new regiment on the team but yeah
0: I, I'm agreeing to there I think if Thompson is brought back this year personally I think it has to be on a one-year deal and you can go a little bit over that you know maybe his his actual value but we've seen I think it was it was Damerill on Forbes wrote an article saying that you know we could see a basically a three or 30 million dollar deal I think that that is way, way, way too high. I think that is really – that That would just kind of – that would come back to bite the calves in a year or two. Amadou, if you had to put a number for just looking at other centers around the league and looking at some of the really smaller deals that centers have gotten, if you had to put just a – not exactly what he's
2: going to get, but what he is worth, what, what number would you place on Tristan Thompson? Um, well, taking into account every center – well, not every center, but – what majority of centers make, Tristan Thompson is not someone who can really space the floor. Um, so he's not that new age of big man, but he has obviously uh, been working on his jumper, he brings leadership, uh, defensive tenacity. Taking all that into account, honestly, I would give Tristan Thompson maybe between 9 to $11 million a year. Personally, if I was a GM, I feel like uh, just the championship presence that he can bring to a team, the leadership, again, as I said, defense, the rebounding... Taking all that into account, I feel like anywhere between nine to eleven million dollars is is reasonable for Tristan.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. I just think uh, I'm gonna hit the nail on the head. Uh, I, I was gonna say eleven, um, just based on that's give or take. I mean that Nance four year forty four, I think, and a half million what he got um, back when uh, I think it was like before twenty eighteen nineteen. I, I think that's at this point in TT's career. I think that's that eleven mil range, eleven twelve, um, kind of the all all encompassing sort of thing with what he does off the floor as well. How he helps young guys, um, he's a culture driver type. Um, I, I think that that eleven mil range is, is about what I would say too, eleven or twelve
0: on a one year deal. I think that that's completely understandable. If we were to look at a at a long term deal, I would see him being more worth that six to seven million dollar a year range again that's that's if you're going to sign him to a long-term deal I think obviously bringing him back on a one-year deal especially with a team that's not a team that has cap space that doesn't hurt you as long as you you jump into that that luxury tax area so I'm in agreement. in about on a one-year deal I think that 10 to 11 million dollar range would be a reasonable number for him looking at some other free agents that we have on the market. So like I said, it's very unlikely that the Cavaliers bring back Tristan Thompson and also get a mid-level free agent just because they don't have enough money there oh, to stay underneath the tax line. The Cavaliers aren't going to pay for the tax, but they also, there have been reports saying that the Cavaliers would be willing to spend their, their MLE if a player is worth it. Dan, we'll start with you. Is there a player out there that's worth it? Even if it means losing Tristan Thompson,
3: um, I, I I can't say I'm like all. I mean, if to me, Josh Jackson is is the guy that I'm looking at. Uh, just what he could bring, I, I think is he, he's on an upward trajectory. I understand he's had kind of a checkered past, but um, former I can't remember what, exactly what it was. I think it was on, like Baskin and Phelps a couple months ago. Um, the son, son's former GM, that drafted him, Ryan McDonough, said he's he's been knows him well and he's he's cleaned up his act. So to me, I just think Josh Jackson, what he's been able to do. I think if he were able to get more minutes on the Grizzlies, he you'd see his trajectory going uh, going continually up. And he's just the guy. I think what he can do overall, he can create off the bounce. Um, kind of a he's. Improved his passing as well and his, his spot up shooting. Um, and it, I understand it was brief with Memphis, but that was a key, uh, kind of takeaway that I saw from him this year. And honestly, I'd take a chance on him if, if TT something can't work out, I'd be more than happy to give that to, it, uh, Josh Jackson. I think he could potentially be a starting three upgrade over Jenny, um, pretty early on. I think defensively that's his athleticism and, um, how he plays on twos and threes, um, he can get blocks, help side. I think that's the guy I look
0: at. Yeah, he's he's obviously he's an outstanding athlete. He has the potential to be that high level defender. He played really really well in the G League this year. And when he was with the Grizzlies and the minutes that he got, I thought he looked okay there too. Just to clarify, is this somebody that you would target over Tristan, or is this if 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 a, a Tristan situation couldn't be worked out, this would be your first target?
3: It's it's hard to say. I mean, I, I'm not saying it completely definitively, but I, I'd say those two are like who it comes down to to me. Um, I just think with the – it'd be a good alternative the way I see it is if you got Josh Jackson. If you went out and got Anyeka Okongwu in the draft, that could kind of – I mean, it wouldn't alleviate it completely, but I think that could um, – in the coming years, if you kind of had that set up and went out and got that big, who can kind of do TT-like stuff, I, I think pretty early on and has a much higher offensive ceiling, honestly, I think that's kind of my rationale there. So, honestly, I, I personally, myself, I'd rather them get Josh Jackson because I'm just really high on Okonwu as a TT replacement. But if they went with Thompson, that's more than fine, too. I'm not saying I really completely definitively value him over Thompson but
0: another thing to point out with Josh Jackson is that he would likely cost less than the full mid level I think they could get him on substantially a lower number than the full mid level and if you're going to bring back Tristan it's probably going to be on a number that's over the mid level so that gives you a little bit of breathing room under the luxury tax as well so another thing to consider there
1: Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards with Matt Collier and Marlon Guild, and our other two team-focused NBA pods, Grizz and Grind and Nuck if you buck. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA.
0: Amadou, is there anybody that you would think would be a target
2: over Tristan Thompson? Well, one player that I've had my eyes on for the Cavaliers is Chris Dunn. Um, This season, he had a great defensive season, and he was a big snub for the uh, all-defensive team. Just 26. He's 6'3", with a 6'9", wingspan. Um, crazy to think about right there. He's drafted for the Timberwolves. Hasn't had the best start to his career, but on the Cavs, I feel like he brings defense. Um, And he shouldn't take away any touches from any of the big guards that we have, like Garland and Sexton and KPJ. I feel like he could fit right into the team in that backup point guard role. Or maybe even start. We don't know what the Cavs are planning on doing. Uh But of course, the question marks to his uh shot. Hasn't really come along yet in the NBA, but the Cavs have said that, you know, they feel like they can fix the shot of, of like a guy like Isaac Coro. So I think for a guy like Chris Dunn coming to Cleveland where Larry Nance Jr., Jetty Osmond didn't come in as a shooter, Colin Sexton didn't come in as a shooter, um, Tristan Thompson starting to take threes now. I, I feel confident that they could fix his shot and uh, turning into a, a quality backup point guard. So that's definitely a player that I would target if I'm the Cleveland Cavaliers.
0: Yeah. Quick side note, I love that whenever we talk about, you know, developing shots, even Tristan Thompson gets yeah. mentioned and we just completely snub Andre Drummond from the starting to try to take threes discussion. But yeah, I, I I definitely, I like Dunn as a player. I think he is undoubtedly an All-NBA, like, caliber defender. The biggest knock against him was just that he didn't play enough because his offensive game is so poor. So if, if you believe that you could be a team that could that could turn around his shot and that could just develop him into a, a a quality offensive player, at least, you know, a good enough player on that end, I think he's definitely somebody to look at. It's definitely complicated because he's a restricted free agent, and honestly, I don't know what the Bulls are looking to do with him there. If somebody offers him a full mid-level on, you know, a couple of years, that might be enough to pry him away. I don't know. But... Again, that's somebody that you would target over Tristan Thompson.
2: Um. Well, yeah. Like Dan kind of touched on, it's kind of hard to tell uh, for Dan. Of course, there's two different positions. Me too. It's two different positions. Uh, It just depends on what the Cavs really want. Do they want a point guard, or do they want to bring back the familiarity? Excuse me, with Tristan Thompson. Personally, I probably would target him over Tristan, considering that. there's some other big men that the Cavs could target for cheap. That obviously I don't. I won't. I won't say that they'll bring what Tristan brings, but it shouldn't be too much of a drop off. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely pick Chris Dunn over Tristan Thompson personally.
0: I like this because we all had different players that we would choose here. My guy, and it seems like somebody who's been at the top of the Cavs' own free agency board, Derek Jones Jr. is my pick. Is to what the Cavaliers should do with this. Again, I'm kind of in that same boat as to, you know, if, if we brought back Tristan, I'd be more than fine with that. But I, I've talked about Derek Jones on this podcast in the past. Again, he might be a difficult guy to go after because he's going to be one of the more sought-after free agencies unrestricted coming out of Miami, but Miami might not be looking to re-sign him just because they're looking to preserve their own cap space. Just an unbelievable athlete, really, really, really long, really bouncy you know, brings that defensive prowess that the Cavaliers could really use at the starting wing spot. I think he is somebody who you kind of mentioned Josh Jackson. I think that personally, I think Derek Jones could definitely step in and be a day one starter for this team. Again, the jump shot is kind of ugly, but in the same light, I think he's, he's come a long way on the offensive end of the ball already in his career. And I think the Cavaliers can help him progress forward even further. And I also like the fact that we would have Derek Jones Jr. and Larry Nance on the team at the same time, because that would be a lot of really fun dunks. Um, Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm interested to hear your take on them, Dan. Then we'll go to you next, Amadou.
3: Uh, Yeah, just to piggyback off what you said, uh, as as we've kind of touched on, I think we're kind of – I mean, we might be overly optimistic on the Cavs' kind of player development when it comes to shooting, but it's worked before, and that's one of the things that, I mean, they're stressing, they're building up player development is is key for them, which, I mean, it should be at this point. They're not, outside of LeBron, how many free agents are really going to come to Cleveland? But, um, yeah, I I like Derrick Jones. Um, I'm personally more of a Jackson guy. I just think, I, I like Derrick Jones Jr. Um, defensively, would be a big upgrade. I, I think he, he's just got really good lateral quickness. I, I think being in that Miami system, um, how they've been able to um, help guys progress, especially team in terms of team defense. Uh, it, one of the key problems with Jetty is he just does not get through off ball picks at all, um, just kind of dies in those. And Derrick Jones is just so fluid. Um, he, he just has really good defensive IQ, and I think being in that Miami system, being around guys like Jimmy um, has really helped him in that way. Um, I think he could kind of bring some of that uh, even though he's he's kind of slender, he's he's gritty, he's tough, and I, I think the Cavs really could use uh, benefit from him too, but I, I definitely wouldn't, looking back, I, I probably wouldn't value him over Thompson, but um, I, I'm personally more of a Jackson jo- guy, just because I. Although the Cavs have done it before, I, I, it's just hard for me to tell if if D.J.J. can actually shoot. And he's a nice driver, really good cutter, um, kind of has uh, good instincts to when to reverse spin for lobs, but it's it's just hard for me to say. I, I'd take him over Tristan, but um, again, that's. It, there's a number of ways we could go with it, but I'm just more of a Jackson guy in terms of going ball.
2: Amadou? Yeah, I feel like Dan hit um, all the points on the nail. Brings versatility, defense, athleticism too, which would be interesting. And, of course, adding another junior to the team, you can't hate that. Um, but <laughs> That's a good yeah, point.
3: Overall, Well said. Uh,
2: just for wings, though, it'll be interesting to see how the Cavs kind of do with them because if you're bringing on either uh, uh, Jones Jr. or Jackson – you still have uh KPG on the team, JD Osman, Dylan Windler too, and potentially uh number five overall pick in this year's draft. Um, I'm interested to see if they how they operate all of that. Um, but both of those guys, Jackson and Jones Jr. will be great finds, great pickups for the Cavs. And uh yeah, they'd just be exciting players to look at, to watch.
0: Dan, I don't know if we got your take on Chris Dunn, but what do you think of him as a player? How do you like his fit? Um, I go back and
3: forth with Dunn because what he brings defensively, I mean, he can – he's a little bit slender, but he's, he's gritty also. Uh, it, I mean, you saw defensively the, the Bulls, I mean, overall were solid last year. That was kind of what they hung their hat on to even, like, stay in games. And, and I'm not going to go into Jim Boyle on offensive coaching. But um, Dunn is – the problem is, I mean, that shot is – that jumper's broken. And I just think he's just a guy that kind of, to Amadou's point, um, when it comes to the wings, um, it, he's kind of a, in that two spot. He's a good passer, um, can handle it and pick and roll for you. Um, finishes pretty well. Um, he's a good athlete, really fluid also, um, excels in the open floor. And he gets you out and running with the uh, amount of steals he can get with that wingspan. But it, it's just – I just don't know – how what the I don't know if I want to blow up my kind of long term outlook by giving Chris Dunn a ton of minutes just because offensively you're playing four on five with him. And I just think with, with a guard it's it's just hard to and the problem is, I mean he's not a guy you really want guarding threes. I mean ones and twos is a really good defender elite level, but it's just at six three, he's just that's not really ideal. And I just would rather not have that blow up minutes for Porter and and you got to fact. I mean, I'm not a big Dante Exum guy, but I would imagine he will get some minutes. And um, I just Chris Dunn is a guy I'd personally stay away from for the Cavs. But for for other teams, if I'm the Golden State Warriors, I'm really looking at Chris Dunn. But for the Cavs uh, for next year, i I'd personally stay away from him.
0: That's fair. In the event that Tristan Thompson leaves and none of these guys are on the table for the Cavs, I know we had one guy as kind of another possible just replacement guy. Again, not somebody who's going to cost you the full mid-level, but Alex Len was something that we came up with as if, say we just, we can't get Tristan back. This is just kind of a plan C almost. You miss out on Tristan and you miss out on, on, you know, the other guys. This is a way that you could go to kind of replace that backup center role. He's, he, I think he was a former fourth overall pick as well. If I'm not mistaken.
2: Uh, fifth overall. Fifth overall. Fifth yeah. overall?
0: Okay. But somebody who just... He's kind of bounced around a little bit now. I think he finished with Sacramento. Somebody who just could give you some competent minutes at the backup five spot. Amadou, do you like Alex Loma as a player? As somebody who could possibly be a backup even? Um,
2: so his fit with the team would be interesting. Uh, of course, a center. Uh, but last season... He shot 36% for the Hawks, and this year he just couldn't really get that shot going, so that's one thing to monitor. If he did continue to, you know, kind of, I wouldn't even say light it up from three, but if he did have that ability to space it, yeah, I think he'd be a great find for the Cavs uh, because having a spacing seven-footer in today's league is, I wouldn't say it's essential, but it's a great thing to have. But again, I'm going to really just touch on this point. If the Cavs believe they can, you know... Get him back to that 35, 36% range. Sure, I'd, I'd be all for it. Um, defensively, I just don't think he brings much, um, as far as run protection goes. But yeah, for me personally, it's just really having that floor spacing center that I feel like could do wonders for this offense.
0: Yeah, he's, he's, he's a big body and that helps him, but he is slow footed. I think you you definitely you want him for the the offensive end. I think he has he has a little bit of touchdown low and like you you spoke on he has that potential to be at least a somewhat floor spacer for them. So, Dan, what do you think of Alex Len as a player?
3: Yeah, Amadou actually brought yeah he's he's he brought him up before for us. But um, de- yeah, for us, it's kind of a decent uh, competent backup. You would think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for the Cavs, the key there is it, it could uh, rely or basically be if Dre is, it, he's kind of that spacer as a as a backup um, that that could could work well in pick and roll. Um, he he can slip him a little bit, but yeah, the problem is defensively. I mean, Tristan definitely is is. I mean, he's not the switchable guy, nearly what he once was, but when it's just not switchable at all. Um, granted teams are going to, the Cavs would just have him drop, but last year that was a key problem for them. And I just think for, uh, it, you'd just be better allocating uh, if you're going to go mid levels to somebody else, honestly. And uh, he does bring some rim protection. Um, it, we saw that some with, with the Hawks, and a little bit last year at Sacramento, but I mean Sacramento was just a mess in general as an organization, and um, they just have not developed bigs at all, so that didn't really help his cause. But yeah, I think he'd be a solid pick and pop guy. Um, could play a little bit in that dunker role as well. But again, I'm not gonna say he's gonna do what TT all the all the stuff that he does um, off the ball. And Len, I mean, for his size, is not a not really like a notable rebounder, which is a little bit of a concern, I would think. But um, I just think with him, he just kind of slow down the Cavs, uh, probably even more so than Drummond does. So I'd, I'd veer away from that, personally.
0: You're probably right on that last point. And he's he's definitely not going to solve the Cavaliers' defensive woes. He's, he's not a player that you're going to celebrate. Like You're not going to celebrate bringing in Alex Len once you've signed him, but... I think again if if you're just looking at Big Man option and you you just need a backup center for a year or two I wouldn't be completely opposed to it you know if 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 he's available on a one or two year deal at roughly 3 to 4 million dollars a year I think that that would that, that wouldn't be the worst signing in the world especially just as a, a short-term stopgap backup center Maybe they draft somebody, and in, in this scenario, if they can't bring back Tristan Thompson, I know that they don't love the idea of Okongwu, but I think that would be the best, one of the better ways to go. Is there anybody else that you like as a backup center on the market that you think would be better, Dan?
3: Oh, well, I, I mean, if he were available, I'm sure for the Rockets, David Nwaba would be playing backup center pretty soon. But um, no, honestly, I just I don't see any centers really where. Uh, they're worth kind of kicking the can on, I I, I mean, outside of TT. Um, Len is, yeah, like you said, is a guy who, if he's on a really team-friendly deal, okay, it's kind of ho-hum, but I just think with the Cavs, given what, what happened with Ante Zizic, uh, I, I see kind of some similar similarities defensively, and Len's a, a little bit more of a rim protector. I mean, he there were the, some... Solid uh, advanced metrics last year with him with Atlanta, but it's just factoring in the guys that he'd be playing with, um, guys that need to get better defensively in the team sense. I, I just don't think Len would it just be very ho hum, and I, and I just don't know what he'd be able to bring that the Cavs. I mean, I mean, there's is he really a four spacer? I, I don't know, and I, I just don't know how. How much you're going to get him involved, and when you just, it just seems, I don't know, just kind of a waste of height in some ways. So I, I'm kind in of some okay ways. With that.
0: I think that's a fair assessment. But moving on a little bit, assuming that the Cavaliers do either pick up Tristan Thompson or get one of these guys with part of their mid level. Again, it's kind of difficult to tell right now just because we don't know who they're going to draft. We don't know if they're going to go with a wing or a big in free agency, and that kind of complicates things. But does Bell really have a shot at making this roster? Does Jordan Bell really have a shot? You know, looking at at the fifth pick, Drummond, Wade, and Bell, the Cavaliers would only have two roster spots, assuming that maybe one of those goes to Delhi and the other goes to one of those other guys. Is Bell the last guy that you would want on this roster? or Would you look at other minimum guys in free agency? I'm gonna do. We can start with you.
2: Um, I feel like there's definitely other guys the Cavs could bring in that could produce better than Bell would. Um, now he is undersized, but he's still a great defend. Uh, excuse me, rebounder actually, and he he has that defensive ability. Personally, I don't really think he'll stick. Um, I think this will be like a. Darrell Martin kind of situation. Well, he'll probably play in camp, maybe, but honestly, I I just think he'll probably get cut before the season starts, or just won't make the roster at all. So yeah, that'll probably be my answer. I don't I don't think he'll make the roster.
0: I think Darrell Martin is a good comparison, and looking at some guys that I've highlighted in the past as potential minimum flyers. You're looking at maybe Ronda House, jefferson Andre Rawerson, Dwayne Bacon, possibly, even possibly like Torrey Craig. Those are guys that I would think would bring more value than Jordan Bell. Dan, what do you think about it?
3: Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I just don't know. I don't think those guys are coming here. Um, just because Bacon, it's just it's hard to see where he would fit in. I'd rather him not take minutes away from other guys personally but yeah I mean Tory Craig if if you could get him kind of for that wing defender type that you can put on a opposing opposing uh kind of primary slashers I guess that'd be good to see but I just don't think he'd come here personally but yeah I, I don't think Bell is if gut feeling probably won't stick and frankly I, I'd rather just allow Marquise Bolden to take his spot personally um, if he doesn't end up getting in the other two way, but um, yeah, with Bell, it's there's just, you're not getting anything offensively out of Jordan Bell, so uh, I, I understand the five position is minimized or I'd say marginalized to a large extent, but um, it, it's it's hard to put pinpoint right now for minimum guys. We'll have to see what flyers they can take, but I personally, I think Marquise Bolden is a real player. Um, he, he's he's got more post up ability than I think people realize, and um, just a heady player. and And he can actually switch a little bit, at least for a couple dribbles here and there. And really heady team defender. And I, I like Bell honestly in terms of IQ. Um, he's a really good screener too. He's he plays physical, but I'd rather not have another six eight center type. And it's just hard to see him getting minutes in in real time at this for the Cavs. But yeah, I would personally rather just take a flyer in Bolden, who I think is still only 22 and can bring a lot of uh, a lot of energy to him. And that's a guy I at least look at a little bit.
0: Yeah, I'm a fan of Bolden as well. I've always kind of thought of him as more being you know that other two way guy this year, but. Yes. I wanted to make the roster last season, and I wouldn't be upset. I guess if he made the roster this season, I'd probably actually be pretty happy if that happened.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's a. I think he's a seven footer. So I. I, if, yeah. I mean, if, if it's between him and Jordan Bell, I just feel like that'll that could be an interesting uh, kind of battle in in these workouts here.
0: Well, uh, either of you, are there any other guys on your free agency radar before we we move on here?
2: Um, no, not really. No. All
0: right. Well, I have, I have one more little thing here. Amadou, we wrapped up last episode with talking about the Obi Toppin potential draft selection for the Cavs. Obviously, Perfidor, he's in play. We don't know if that's a smoke screen or not, but I'm interested to hear what, what are your thoughts on the, the potential of the Cavaliers drafting Obi Toppin Amadou?
2: Well, I would hope it's a smoke screen. Personally, I just don't really like his fit on the team. I feel like he's kind of another Derek Williams. Um, he's just so athletic, yet just so limited laterally. It's weird. Um, and also what, I think he'll be 23 by the start or whenever the next season is supposed to start. I believe I have to, might have to fact check that. Um, I just don't know how he fits in the timeline. Personally, I would just stay away from Obi Toppen or Toppen.
0: We're all in agreement there. So, uh, I think we'll wrap it up here guys again always a blast to have you both on i'm sure we'll be back talking about something else soon but uh thank you everybody so much for listening if you enjoyed subscribe rate the podcast review all the fun stuff and um we'll all see you soon Mm -hmm. so thank you guys again thank you
3: oh thanks as always man
0: Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.